It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Myra Nimchayan. Myra, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Tony. No, this is great. Um, you're originally a Northsider, huh? Yes. Born, born and raised. Born and raised. So you, I know you went to, to Lane Tech, but uh, what area did you grow up in? Um, well, we started in West Rogers Park and then moved out to Addison, Illinois, and um, Albany Park, then Portage Park, and now I live in the West Loop. Nice. So that so you went right from uh, Portage Park to to the West Loop. <laughs> oh, I lived in Humble Park. So I've lived in I've moved like eleven times in the last five years. Oh my goodness! Since we've known each other. Wow. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's is that have anything to do with the fact that you're a realtor? Just a little bit. It's just a little bit. So where where's been your uh, your favorite area to live? Um, so far the West Loop. So far the West mm-hmm. Loop. It's it's a beautiful area. I moved from Portage Park to Niles to, I'm trying to think of all the places, to Skokie, to Pilsen. Oh my goodness. Humble Park, and now I live in the West Loop. How long have you been in the West Loop for? It's going to be a year. Oh, that's right, soon. that's mm-hmm. right. We were at your uh, your housewarming. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice place. Um, so how'd you get into real estate? Um, I used to be an accountant, and I saw everything changing, and because I'm from here, I love Chicago. It's one of my favorite places to be. And since I saw everything changing with real estate and just the landscape of the land in Chicago, I thought it would be a great place for me to move the direction of my career into real estate. So I started in real estate. That's awesome. In new construction development. And uh, you're pretty good at it. Thanks. <laughs> now, yeah, I know a lot of people that, that you've helped, and, and it's uh, it's always nice to hear how, how good of a job you do and how much you're uh, you're loved and, and respected in the community. So I love it. I mean, I, I get to meet a lot of people. Like, we became friends because of not necessarily real estate, but because um, you're an awesome person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we cross paths because of real estate. Right. We cross paths because of real estate. And... I just like meeting people. I didn't get that opportunity in my last career to meet different people and have experiences with them and just learn about what people are like in every neighborhood and every area of Chicago. So many differences from the north side to the south side. Oh, for sure. So many differences. Um, And one of the differences that we had talked about before was the person that you used to be versus (laughs) the person you are today, right? That's, That's been a big change, too. Are we on camera? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, we're not supposed to talk about this. <laughs> um, yes. So we all grow up, right? Yeah. So transitioning into, I think I, I'm still changing, right? I know a lot of people think that people don't change. Um, I hope that you do for the better, that you grow into a better person and have different experiences so that you can be a different person and have different outlooks on life and things like that. Well, I think that's how we became friends is that we shared a lot of those same beliefs, right? Yeah. And and I think, well, we even shared a lot of how we got here, you know, <laughs> the, the people that we used to be. Um, and I say like it's so bad, but I think it's, they're all learning experiences, right? It's not like it's right or wrong, or maybe a little wrong sometimes. <laughs> it's probably better that we met each other now than before. <laughs> 
that's true. Everything happens for a reason, right? right. But I, I know that you grew up Buddhist, right? Yes. So one of the things that I really loved uh, that you said growing up was that when uh, you were disciplined, that it wasn't like traditional discipline, right? It was that um, you were asked to meditate. Yes. So we never really knew that we were in trouble necessarily, but we would always, instead of, I guess, having time out that people give their kids, you know, a moment to, and it's the same concept, right? Meditating and you just want you to calm down and your energy to be transitioned in a different way and kind of soothing the soul so that you don't aren't jumping all over the place I guess sure as a child because you don't know what to do with all of your energy so we were taught to meditate at a very young age that's so cool and you know one of the things that that I we talked about uh, too a lot was how you grew up in that but a little bit of a rebellious spirit, right? And that you didn't exactly follow that uh, that lifestyle per se as a young adult. And now as an adult, you've come to appreciate that. But I love that you had both perspectives, right? And I was hoping you could just share a little bit about that and, you know, kind of the path you took because I'm sure a lot of people that, that watch this might find themselves in that same place where, you know, they want different for their lives. But you had that upbringing, I think during the growing up process and all of the things that I had to be responsible for and endure in my teenage years um, caused me to rebel and forget all the things that were taught to me to that might have helped me even through all of my rebellious years and just learning how to control myself again or, or have a different thought perspective but because you're influenced by so many different things the environment the people that are around you that you kind of lose sight of what you were taught in the beginning that may have helped you grow and then once I realized that all of those things didn't matter and they were just experiences to give me opportunities to grow and appreciate the things that I was taught and how I can develop from them and create a better life again I embraced the things that I learned and kind of enhanced my relationship with it no I mean it's it's maturing right and what 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 was it for you that I mean was there a point in your life was it something that happened that you're like something's got to change or I have to change I mean what, what was it that 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 it took for you to realize that I think that a lot of the experiences that were not necessarily great that I put myself in or saw happening around me, I realized that I was going to turn 21 and I'm going to be an adult and I have this whole life that I'm going to be responsible for of my own. I needed to get it together and do something about it. So I think, I don't know if it was just the experiences and I was like, this is not how my life is supposed to be. And then, or having that defining moment of being an adult and being responsible for myself at 21. Not that I wasn't responsible for myself at a younger age, but just a different perspective of how you're going, what kind of a person you're going to contribute to the world. And then when I turned 21, I decided that I wanted to be someone to make that makes a difference in the world, even if it was just in my own world. That's amazing. Now, how much of that uh, I know if I speak for myself, just being first-generation American, right? Uh, both my parents are from Mexico. Uh, you're first-generation American too, yes. right? Well, where, where's your family from? Um, both of my parents are from Bangkok, Thailand. 
Okay. Now, how much of that played into, um, I guess, that rebellion of, you know, we're, we're, we're brought up a certain way and then, you know, being here, we're kind of figuring things out on our own, right? Yeah. Um, so we don't have any family here, really. My parents came here for school and then they stayed. Um, oh, so they were young. Yeah. They came here for college. They learned how to speak English. They started businesses and then they had us and we it was just us. We didn't have any cousins here. And who's us? Oh, my two sisters. Yeah. I have two younger sisters um, that I grew up with. And then when my parents got a divorce, we went, moved back to Thailand. And oh, no way. we were going to Thailand. We lived in Thailand every summer until I went to high school. And then it was just my mom and my sisters and I all through high school. So you kind of go through, you know, what every teenager goes through of figuring out your life and you kind of lose sight of all of the things that you your values your values right because you don't really have a direction and you're kind of trying to find your own way when um it was just my mom that raised us so my dad lived in thailand and he stayed there and he was remarried and Mm. for a long time um we didn't see him after I started high school because, you know, school and then you kind of just go into adulthood, like kind of get pushed into making decisions for yourself when, yeah. you know, you're raised by a single parent. And being the oldest too, right? I mean, Oh, yeah. I forgot about that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it makes a difference. Um, you know, there's always like birth order and uh, being the oldest was definitely you make mistakes so that you learn and then you hope that your siblings don't make the same mistakes that you did and you help get them to grow with you but now in terms of fitting in I mean I know you know a lot of the the people that we interview their the backgrounds they come from um what was it like to did you feel like you fit in was it hard to fit in you know what was it like growing up I guess I've never wanted to fit in really (laughs) so I've always tried to do things a little bit differently and do my own thing and even if it was wrong I learned that it was wrong and then I learned how to do it better because I never wanted to fit in and I I guess where did that come from I don't know I'm just like realizing that right now like I never wanted to be the one to fit in I didn't follow my friends but I always wanted to stand out I always wanted to make a difference and once I was able to turn that into a positive difference, it made a huge impact on my life. Um, so I guess, you know, everybody has a journey and that was mine to learn what not to do in the hard way and transition into doing things the right way and finding solutions. And here I am. No, I mean, well, I'm grateful you're here (laughs) because you're, you're an amazing woman. Um, but you, you, you brought up before too, that, um, you were dealing with a lot, right? Do you mind sharing a little bit about what that was that you were dealing with and how you processed it and, and kind of some of the thoughts you had back then? Sure. Um, so, you know, I, being raised by a single mom and being the oldest and your sisters are four and five years younger than you, your mom kind of depends on you to be the responsible one and take care of your sisters and, Um, I was 10 years old when that happened. So it kind of gave me a lot of independence and then I had to help make 
decisions without, with little guidance. I don't want to say without any guidance, but with very little guidance because my mom was on her own and she always had to work. And and your mom is amazing, by the way. She is. She really is. Thanks. You're very lucky. Thank you. But she's very lucky. <laughs> so I think that being... having that responsibility responsibility bestowed on you helps make you a stronger person super responsible so then I think that's what makes you rebel as well so because you were somebody dependent on you to be responsible at such a young age and you didn't ask for those responsibilities it makes you a little bit um rebellious well a lot rebellious (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to say a little, but a lot. Do you feel like you're still rebellious now? Maybe in a more controlled way. Um, I don't know. I I, get, I I feel like that's such a negative way to put something. Not rebellious, but I I do feel like I still like to find my own way. Yeah. Um, not necessarily rebelling, but um, maybe now I influence in a positive way of how to make those decisions. So what would you tell your younger self now? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it'd be a long conversation. <laughs> it would be a long conversation. I think I would have to lock myself up in a room. <laughs> but you've come, I mean, I want to say you've come a long way because obviously I didn't know you back then. But just the way we talk and, and your out, outlook on life, I mean, you've put yourself through challenges. I mean, I know that you gave up alcohol not because you had to, but because you wanted to uh, for a year, right? Yeah. What, what, made, what was the motivation behind that? You know, Why do you do things like that? So I did it with a friend of mine. And once you get to certain milestones after you've given something up, I mean, it's alcohol is not the first thing I've given up. I mean, carbs, sugar, you name it. Smoking. I think smoking cigarettes was probably the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. Um, How long did you smoke for? So I started smoking when I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. And um, I quit eight times. And, oh, this May 29th will be 11 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And even up until five years ago, I would still have dreams that I would smoke cigarettes and I haven't picked up a cigarette in I don't know how long. So, um, it's not a craving now though, is it? No, not at all. No, I think. And then once you are able to give certain things up, you don't crave for them. I don't know about sugar though. (laughs) I kind of like chocolate a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you for not giving that up. And what do you learn from that? I mean, what is it? Obviously, you, you've done these things before, you know. Yeah, what what do you, what do you learn from accomplishing those things? Strength. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I think you learn, you know, willpower, and then you kind of push yourself a little more. So then that's how the drinking thing became now just a little over a year, is that once you hit certain milestones, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this for maybe another six months. And then... So I would say after three months, and I did it during a time where I had so many changes in my personal relationships and my business and where I was living. So, and all great things came from it. So I just continued to want to do it because I had a, like, and I'm not the first person to say this because I've asked other people that have given up alcohol for a long period of time and everybody has told me that you have a deep spiritual experience from giving up alcohol and it's mm. true. So um, it's 
one of my uh, friends who's my golf instructor, it's his birthday today. And I Happy spoke- birthday, golf instructor. <laughs> his name is Brian, <laughs> Brian Drager. And he told me it was his birthday. And that's because he, I inspired him. He's going to give up drinking for Look his birthday. Um, and, you know, I haven't wanted to drink, even going through all the changes that I've had in my life. I still go out to restaurants and pick out wine for my friends. Um, I still have wine at my house and bourbon and champagne. Um, will I ever drink again? Maybe. But right now, the spiritual experiences that I've had because I haven't had a drink. Are, You're not ready to give that up. I'm not ready to give that up. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Like, yeah. I'm not ready to give that up. It's almost like a spiritual high. <laughs> For sure. So, so now, and in that, you know, I know you've gone through a lot. Um, I mean, like everyone does, right? Relationship. Mm-hmm. You mentioned relationships as one of those things. Um, how have some of those uh, accomplishments, like giving certain things up, helped you through it, or have they not, or has it made it, more, made it more difficult? You know, if you could shed a little light on, maybe you know, if that's even what the reason or the catalyst behind making some of those changes at times. So, when I first gave up drinking, I went through a breakup. I lost a couple friends. Um, the relationship, not. Mm-hmm. life yeah, yeah. Um, they're still around they're still around mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just not sitting at the same table with me sure and they it was hard you know emotionally it's all you're grieving and the last thing I wanted to do was drink because I wanted I guess to so you're saying th- within the last year you mean yes oh wow so I decided that I wanted to go through the grieving process uninhibited you wanted to feel it uh, yes is that no it's crazy yeah, no, it's that, <laughs> is that crazy i wanted to well feel how many pain? of us run from it you know what i mean <laughs> that we never I, face it and it always comes back to us so now i guess it's more i'm able to manage my emotions and how i direct my energy um a lot better because i went through it full force and just felt it felt every single moment and thought and you know, did I do something wrong? You know, are people just not who they seem they are? And, you know, you go through the betrayal, the loss, Mm -hmm. the grief all at once. And it's quite enlightening um, when you come on the other side of this. So knowing it makes you feel powerful once you go through all these changes and you're able to feel all of the pain and power through the pain it's like working out but mentally so you're building muscle yeah your brain is muscle yeah of course <laughs> it's the biggest muscle right <laughs> i was like it's a muscle right somebody told me that <clears throat> now for, for for you know for a lot of what we're trying to do or excuse me, a lot of time that we're trying to accomplish is provide people leadership direction but also through those difficult times in their lives right navigating through those things so for someone that's listening or watching what what advice would you give them um if they're going through a really, really dark time, you know, what's a change they can make or something they can implement in their life that, that'll help them the way it helped you. I think that when you realize your pain, you can figure out how to heal. And, um, I mean, I don't have a degree or anything. This is just my own experiences that I've had. And, once you're able to feel the pain and know what caused the pain and how to 
get through it and it it will help you develop how to heal yourself and know that you don't ever not that you won't ever feel that because you know it's natural to grieve we're human we're human right so having that present itself you know where it's going to go you know that you can get on the other side of it you know that this pain will not be forever and you'll be happy again so if you're going through a hard time just feel it and oh my gosh crying can be so soothing and Mm -hmm. cleansing and you know um I watched a movie the other day and recommended by my friend Kim which movie (laughs) um life itself (laughs) and I I've gone you know I'm not sad or anything I just wanted a great movie and so it's actually a really great movie into this conversation it goes through three generations of life and death and love and how we're all here on a journey together and even though it made me like cry like loud cry and like ugly cry oh my gosh so (laughs) ugly and it was so great because I was even though I was crying I felt this immense amount of love that these people shared in this one movie so not only was I sad but I felt the love that they all had for each other like a mother love from your mother or Um, from your significant other or love from a child and you felt all of that at once while you're grieving and it was just I've never felt something like that wow but um even though it was sad it was also happy and full of love so if you haven't watched that movie I highly recommend it I was gonna be on my cue next (laughs) But it seems like you're on this path of self-discovery that, I, I mean, I, I meet very few people who are so self-aware, right? And obviously you've done the work. So it's not like you haven't put the work in, but, you know, and and, obvi- and you don't want to give up uh, uh, or being alcohol free because of this high, this spiritual high, right? right. So you know, what are you learning through this? I mean, obviously you're powerful, but, you know, what else are you taking away and that, that keeps you on this path and keeps you motivated and keeps you pushing through the difficult things? Hmm. There's so much. Yeah. So what I feel the most that, um, that there, we're always going to want things in life, right? Because we're human and having the ability to focus on the things that I want and seeing them happen because I created the desire to is huge. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, so very early on in my journey here, when I first stopped drinking, um, my friend recommended a book, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. And it was such a good read. And it was a short read. And I listened to it. And she made me laugh. And then I called my friend I was like hey thanks for recommending the book I really needed to listen to that it was so like joyful and you know uh, inspiring and uplifting and she 
said, oh, that's so funny. I'm on this chapter that reminds me of you. And I was like, oh, what chapter is that? She was like, she's talking, the chapter that she's talking about the Louis Vuitton bag. And I'm sitting in my car and at the time I was in between houses. I rented out my place and I was living at my mom's until my new place was ready. And I'm sitting in my car having this conversation with her and she, she reminds me of how I how the Louis Vuitton purse that Rachel Hollis wanted and she imagined herself wearing it and how she would wear it. And I was like, Oh my God. And she's like, what? And I was like, so when I was 18, I had a car and the car barely ever worked. So I was still taking the bus and Audi used to make an Audi 5000. And I would always sit there and, um, joke around in my head that one day I'm going to be Audi in my Audi 5000. And I go, guess what I'm sitting in? I'm sitting in my Audi right now. <laughs> That's so, amazing. So you manifested it. Yeah. But I mean, I was 18 years old. I, I unintentionally manifested it, but it happened. But how many of us do unintentionally manifest things we don't want, right? Right. So let's manifest things like $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, the other thing you brought up, too, was uh, your desire to, to help others and to give, right? Uh, what does that look like for you? And, you know, do you share this information with others? You know, how, how, how do you think you can best help with all this knowledge that you have? I mean, I know you're still learning and you're figuring that out, right? But I feel like everyone needs to learn a little bit from you. And So what does that look like for you? So because... I don't want to say because of the business I'm in, but I get the opportunity to listen to people all the time. And I've learned to listen. I've learned to listen a lot. And sometimes people will tell you things that they want without even knowing that they want them. And so now I just listen to, I mean, everybody that I talk to. If I meet you for five minutes and um, I try to give them the best advice I can, even if from a five-minute conversation even if it's from a three-year-old. Like I try to learn as much as I can from anybody that I meet and hopefully I can offer some insight into the conversation that we've had, um, even if it's from a three-year-old or, you know, an 85-year-old. Everybody that I speak to definitely has somebody, something or some experience that they want to share with me. So I just open up and listen and then I offer whatever advice that I can and hopefully it makes a difference even if it's in within that five minutes that we've met well I know it's made a difference in my life so I appreciate you oh, <laughs> no it hasn't I you are an amazing <laughs> now you're an amazing person it's that you give off great energy I mean you walk in a room you can just feel it you know or go to your house and you could just feel it so um I really appreciate it and I appreciate you being here and sharing your story and I know there's more to come but um for now, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say goodbye, but I know that you have a lot more to, to share with others. And so if you guys want to reach out to Myra, you can uh, directly or you can click on the link below. But Myra, just thank you so much for sharing and for giving wonderful advice. Thanks for listening. It was great. Of course. I'm so glad we became friends. <laughs> Me too. <laughs>